Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, the Habs played their third preseason game, falling to the Winnipeg Jets 4-3. We will have some instant reaction to that, and it's also Friday, which means it's time for the Friday mailbag. We have a ton of questions from training camp to who we would place on Mount Rushmore and so much more coming up inside today's show. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 696 of Locked On Canadians. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla. And as always, thank you so much for subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts and for subscribing if you're watching our shining faces here on YouTube. As I said, I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla. And I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, it feels like it's been forever. They've played three preseason games, the Canadians, that is. They have won zero of them, but I think they're starting to get better as they go on here. So uh, what are your thoughts as we head into uh, one more game this week, uh, Saturday against the Ottawa Senators? It looks like the Canadians are kind of trying more things which sounds weird i'm noticing a difference i know i know the personnel has varied night in and night out that's kind of a function of the preseason right everybody's going to get a look the rookies are going to get more looks and the veterans all of that i understand that but like once in a while i'll see a play that looks new or something that i think might be a new idea that's been thrown out by a coach um and i gotta say cole caulfield always a sight for sore eyes he uh was one of my big standouts in the game tonight here. Not because it's, you know, it's Cole Caulfield and this is a big Cole Caulfield positive podcast is he was by far the best Canadians player on the ice night. And the folks over at hockey stats card uh, that seems to back up my eye test from what I saw tonight. I thought Cole Caulfield played very well and it's unfortunate. The game ended the way it did uh, two error, one error, one just utter bit of misfortune by Evgeny Dodonov changed this entire game. Uh, the Canadians were leading 3-2, and then Dodonov had a puck just kind of skip off his stick, and Brad Lambert scored to make it 3-3. And then final seconds of the game, Nate Schmidt takes a shot and hits Evgeny Dodonov's stick and deflects by Caden Primo. And it's good to see that they've gotten the introduction to being a Montreal Canadian out of the way uh, early on for Evgeny Dodonov. Uh, but his line with uh, Kirby or not Kirby Doc, uh, Christian Dvorak and Brendan Gallagher was really solid all night. I liked a lot of what I saw. And I talked to our friend Ian Boisvert about this on Twitter is Dodonov does really simple things to put the puck in better positions than they were at before. And that's something that I think this team lacked a little bit next year or last year. They might not lack it next year too, for all I know. And I really like the simplicity, but also like the high level that the Donoff plays at. I think he's going to be a really nice piece for this Canadians team, but uh, Cole Caulfield and Kirby doc, I thought played really, really well tonight. And I know people want to see more out of doc. And I think we saw that tonight. We saw a little bit more skill. We saw him using his reach and his size to his advantage and yeah, they lost. But at the same time, I look at this and I go, you know what? I'm seeing a lot of positive steps forward. And Caden Gooley was everywhere tonight. It, 
it's a it's a crappy way to lose in a game where you started to play really well as the game went on uh and not get a win out of that is frustrating but at the same time the last couple teams that have gone undefeated in the preseason ended up being some of the worst in NHL history so I'm not really worried about you know what their record looks like in the preseason it's just have they put the best team together going forward now I think hopefully without the antics, this is a microcosm of the games that we want to see in the season. We want the losing results, so we have the higher draft pick, but we want to see those positive moments from all of the players. I think with Dodonov, like if his bad luck is happening in the preseason, that's not that's not a big deal to me because, as you said, I had seen increasing praise for him as the game went on until that unfortunate moment. And to their credit, the fans that I engage with in general – uh, you know, chalked it up to bad luck. So personally, I don't think that it's something to worry about. I don't think that the preseason result is something to worry about. Although I do have to say, I am sick and tired of the Winnipeg Jets. I do not understand why they must always have a coward starting their games every game. I I literally do not understand how they fly under the radar for being such a miserably dirty team so i i was gonna kind of let this one slide a little bit because it's the preseason and i don't want to get worked up but logan stanley is six foot seven of bullcrap stacked on skates who can't play defense can't do anything on offense and as this the biggest part of this game that stuck out to me is that yeah the habs weren't great but in the third period uh, Kirby Doc blows by Logan Stanley along the boards. Stanley has a grip on his sweater inside of it and spins him around and has him falling over. So Doc grabs onto Stanley as he's falling as is a natural reaction. And in that time, then the ref is looking at them. He is going to call Kirby Doc for a holding penalty here, even though Stanley started the entire thing. Stanley then punches him in the face once and then has a stick it as he's getting up punches him again and they get coincidental minors and even the broadcast was aghast and they went how are you the vet and this was the veteran official on the ice because they're pairing up a young uh up-and-coming official and a veteran and this was mark jonette who was supposed to be the veteran on the staff here he looked at that and went Kirby Doc got punched in the face twice and that's the same thing as him holding onto a jersey that after he was pulled down and then they had to take several minutes to figure out that Christian Dvorak was not high-sticked by his teammate, but was high-sticked by a Winnipeg Jet. And I'm like, I get it's preseason for everybody, but oh my God, how do you lose control of a preseason game? And it's like, they're lucky that Stanley and Jack Eye were not on the ice for very long at the same time, because Jack Eye, when they were separating everybody calling penalties, wanted nothing more than to get his hands on Logan Stanley. He looked like he absolutely wanted to just thrash that man. And it's just like, we don't need that crap. Uh, I think it was uh, Kyle Capobianco cross-check Brandon Giniak from behind head first into the boards and the broadcast. Uh, well, he's apologizing to him. He feels bad. It's like, ah, that's not what the replay showed. He cross-checked him and then put his hands up like he didn't do anything wrong. The respect for players is at an all-time low. I feel like sometimes we talk about how hockey is all this respect in this and that, and I feel like that's a load of crap sometimes. But 
Logan Stan, like you're not quite at the coward Mark Shifley level, but like you're the coward in training. So like if, Mar- if the coward Mark Shifley cannot be playing in a game, you fill in as the coward on the Winnipeg Jets and you're on my list. You've been on my list since the 2020 playoff, 2021 playoffs anyways, where you got all the Habs Twitter real, real mad at me. So anyways, Habs play the Senators on Saturday night. We'll see what the lineup looks like then. I'm expecting cuts in the near future, but we got to transition here because it is Friday and that means it's time for the Friday mailbag and we have so much to get into and that's all coming up next. But first, as I said earlier, today's show is brought to you by the fine folks at Bet Online. They are your number one source for all your football betting this season. So you can get all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis and articles on every single game. And as always, they have everything you need for sports wagering info from live betting to up to the minute scores for every single sport that is out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including baseball, the playoffs are right around the corner, MMA, boxing, golf, and even hockey starting in two weeks, folks. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. So, as I said in our last segment there, it is Friday. That means it is time for the Friday mailbag. And as always, if you want to send us your questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, Canadians at gmail.com. In the YouTube comments, just don't be a jerk, and we will be sure to get to your question as best we can. We will miss stuff from time to time. We are only human, unfortunately. Uh, and if you have another way to send them, uh, I am not giving you my address, so we're going to not do physical mail. Laura, uh, what do we have for the start of the mailbag this week? So we got so many questions that we are splitting the mailbag this week and we're gonna have half of the mailbag today half of the mailbag at some point next next week whenever scott deems is a good time because i will be away next week i'm gonna go on a business trip so i'll be away for all five episodes but scott has some exciting fun stuff planned that i'm not privy to i'm excited to listen to it just like all the listeners um and then we'll also i guess scott that's going to be dependent on you also probably have a mailbag next friday so we'll have three mailbags in the span of seven days Aren't you guys all lucky? Uh, the first one comes from Chenandler Bong, a uh, lovely listener on YouTube. Uh, there's two questions, actually. One, can Marty St. Louis be my life coach? And two, it seems that the expectations for Slavkovsky are all over the place. I think for this year, he needs to learn how to play in North America. For, exa- for example, the North American ice surface knows what works and that doesn't work in the NHL. Get used to an 82-game schedule. If he can get 30 to 40 points this year, I'll be a happy man. Am I that off base? So one, I think Martin St. Louis can be your life coach. He is certainly helping me kind of relook at the way that I look at hockey and development, which I think is very important for a team that was stuck so far behind the curve in terms of player development and prospect handling that having a coach who knows how to, who wants to do all these things to work with them is really important. Um, as for Slavkovsky, oh my God, are the narratives exhausting already at this point? Like I, if he does one thing good, he's going to be the next coming of Eric Lindros and he's this. And if he doesn't, you know, stand out in a big way, everyone's like, it's a bust. It's terrible. He just turned 18. Physically, he is absolutely ready for the NHL. He we, He's shown that he can play physically at the NHL level. He's figuring out the pace. He's figuring out the spacing of everything. And he's just figuring out the little nuances in the game. 
And I know that we've said this, I don't know how many times on the show, you have to be patient. We knew Uri Slavkovsky was going to be a project here. He was not going to be day one out of the box superstar. He has all the talent, though, to do that. And I think he's going to spend time with the Rocket, and I think he's going to spend time with the Habs here. And when it clicks, it's you're going to notice it very quickly. You can see it clicking in little bits here, but he's not quite there yet. And you know what? That's that's just okay. The Habs don't need him to be a superstar this year. They need him to have a steady development so when they are ready to start you know, opening up their next contending window, they have that piece ready to go. And I am begging people, if you're going to get this worked up three games into the preseason about Uri Slavkovsky, you're going to be spontaneously combusting by game 45. It's not healthy. And I do think the question is valid. Yes, it is. Like this year should be used for him to get used to the North American ice and everything like that. So I 100% agree with the premise of the question in this case. Next question is from Danny Joe 22 on uh, YouTube. Question. As I've said before, a British fan fallen in love with the NHL and the Canadians. Looking to bring my 13-year-old son to a couple of the games in February. I appreciate it will be much colder than we are used to. But any tips on other places to see an easy commuting distance in Montreal at that time of year? And I'm extremely surprised at how expensive tickets are for hockey compared to premiership football in England. Six to eight times more expensive. I dread to think how much a season ticket is. Thanks for the content. Um, And you know what? As a new fan, we love new fans. And sometimes we do forget that, you know, there are some fans that are super new. So I think, you know, it's a good reminder for us to kind of uh, share background sometimes. It's going to be way colder than you're expecting in February. Just so you know, February is literally the coldest month in Montreal. Uh, end of January and then all of February is, is very cold. But as long as you're adequately dressed, you should be okay. You know, don't don't spend, don't, don't go hiking in that weather <laughs> or anything like that. There's a lot of stuff that's connected underground, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I really think that one of the things that I really love and I really do hope that like, you know, a 13 year old would also enjoy that is in Montreal, there's the... Pointe à Museum in the old port. Like a lot of the old port stuff isn't there in the winter months, but that museum is one of my favorites. And it's not something that I, I feel like it's something that would appeal to all ages. Like it's not something where like, if you don't like museums, you're not going to like it. It's one of the most enjoyable ones. Um, there's tons of stuff, like depending on what time uh, you're actually arriving, like maple season starts in March. So like sometimes they start doing like the maple activities, like in February, obviously it'll be indoors, um, pretty close to Montreal. Uh, and if you want, you can send us an email at lockdowncanadians at gmail.com and let me know your email so that anytime I think of an activity that would be good for February, I can send it over to you in time for your visit. Also with the uh, ticket prices thing is that it's, it's not like that around every team in the league. Unfortunately, teams like Montreal, um, LA, New York, Toronto, the more in-demand teams because of just the way their fan base or where they're located are tend to be more expensive. But seeing a game at the Bell Center is an experience like no other. Uh, it It is something that I haven't had matched at any point in time. And if you're going to be there long enough and you're looking and you want to see more hockey but don't want to spend as much on the Habs tickets, there's enough junior hockey in and around Montreal proper. Um and then there's also the Rocket in Laval. There's the Lions in Trois-Rivières. Um, much cheaper, much more affordable options and still just really exciting. And now 
with the way the Habs are set up in terms of prospects. If you're going for a Canadian's experience, when you go see these teams play, you're going to see names and prospects that you recognize, and you're not going to spend, you know, several hundred dollars on tickets to this. I, I will not talk anyone out of going to a Habs game. Go to the Bell Center and experience it at least once in your life. Get several hot dogs, get indigestion, watch the Habs lose four, you know, four to two to whoever they're playing because that's how the season's going to go and enjoy it. Um, and then go to Mapuye because in the winter months you need hearty sustenance. And what better than Portuguese chicken and poutine? So, I've been muted this whole time. I was going to say I agree with that as well. But really do send me an email. I'm like extremely tired right now. So I'm having a hard time like thinking of things. So I do anytime I want to, I think of something in the moment, I can just pull out the email and send it to you. So please email lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. Create a burner if you don't want me to know your real address. Just just so that I can send you stuff that I think of to do around that time. Uh, Randy Hansen, our good friend on uh, YouTube for the mailbag. The Winnipeg Jets have now hired from TSN Radio and TV Sarah Orleski, um, Dan Robertson, and John Liu. Can we, as Habs fans, expect a sharp decline in coverage? Well, I think Montreal, without John Liu, is just going to experience a sharp decline in presence. Um, I, When I found out about this, I was so bummed that I literally c- cried. I have never in my life met John Liu. Um, I literally like teared up at the thought of him not being here. We're very happy for him to get closer to home or literally go home. You know, I'm happy for him and 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 this seems like a really good thing. But I'm just so sad that he's not going to be covering Montreal anymore. I, I think they will find someone to, you know, step into those shoes at some point. Um, Dan Robertson is a huge loss because I know that he mainly did the TSN 690 radio calls, but he was very good at that. And when he got his chance to... Uh, call the games, I believe, with Mike Johnson uh, when Brian Mudrick was covering. I can't remember what event he was covering that they had Dan Robertson filling in. He did such an exemplary job. And Winnipeg, if for as much as this is upsetting for Habs fans, Jets fans have gotten some of the absolute best in the business for what they're doing. And it does leave a gap. I don't think it's going to be bad. I don't think the Habs coverage is going to be worse by any means there's just big shoes to step in for all of, you know, those replacements now. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Uh, the media landscape's always shifting and we do wish Dan and John the best, um, some of the best at what they've done. And like I said, Winnipeg are very, very, very lucky for um, who they've gained for this upcoming season. Uh, we do have a lot more in our mailbag and that's all going to be coming up in just one moment. We are back. It is the uh, second half of the Lockdown Canadians mailbags. And if we missed some of your questions, we're not skipping them. There were a lot of them going into this week. And I know with training camp and everything started, there's a lot happening. So we will get to some of these in the following week. And by we, I mean I and potentially a guest, depending on who I can wrangle in to help on this show with me. So fear not, we are not ignoring you. I promise. At least I'm not ignoring you. I promise. Uh, remember, you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians or Lockdown Canadians at gmail.com if you've got a longer question. Uh, Laura, what else do we have from the listeners today? 
We got a lot of uh, suggestions for guests. And just so you know, we're, just because the off-season is coming to a close doesn't mean our guest selection is, is, is over. Um, you know, we had a lot of fun over the off-season, but we are going to have some of the guests that we'd planned uh, to have on in the off-season during the regular season. We're not not going to have them. We have many episodes. So all the, you know, keep, keep those guest suggestions coming and we will take every single one of them to heart. Uh, one question from YouTube. Lizard King 89. I need to know the history behind some of these, <laughs> these, these handles. Like, please explain them to me sometimes. I, 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 I just, I get such a kick out of them. Uh, is this a good place to post a mailbag question? Yes, yes, it is. Uh, if so, what do you think Owen Beck's ceiling is? I could see him in the top six if Doc doesn't work out. I am going to allow Scott to answer this question. Uh, I just want everyone to know that Owen Beck is Scott's favorite prospect. I... His answer should be taken with that with that lens through that lens. I, I do think he is a potential staple in the top six there. If he can continue to develop his offense, I think him becoming a Patrice Bergeron light would be a huge, huge, huge victory for the Montreal Canadiens. I don't think he's there yet. I mean, we're gonna have to see how his offense develops. I know that's the biggest thing is that he does well generating, but there's another level to still be had there, and I don't know what it will translate to at the NHL level. I'm not that much of a prospect expert, but I look at the IQ and the way he plays defensively. He's smart. And if you have someone who, you know, looks like Patrice Bergeron and aspects of their game, you're doing really well for yourself. And I think top six is not out of the realm of possibility. I don't think he'll be a top line center, but that's also not the worst thing there. If he becomes a solid two C Having a guy like that, if he hits a ceiling as your second line center behind Nick Suzuki, is it, it's a huge win for the Canadians. Do you know what's funny about that is that in the responses to that question on on YouTube, somebody did bring up Patrice Bergeron light. Um, I personally have so much high hopes for Owen Beck. I do love him. I you know I'm not I'm not uh, discounting scott's faith in him i really do have that kind of faith in him as well i'm just astounded at how good he is all the time he was drafted because he has a high floor he, his floor is nhl third line center again that is the floor assuming nothing catastrophic happens and i'm knocking on wood right now because owen beck we really don't want anything anything to hinder uh your career or your livelihood uh you know if if things work out at the minimum then he's going to be a third line center. If things work out at the maximum, I think he's going to be, you know, like a 1A, 1-2 punch. Like, he, he, oh, sorry, 1A, 1B punch. He'll be the 1B. Like, I do think that he does have to work on his production. I just love that his intelligence, like, he's going to be, he's going to be one of those guys that in the playoffs, he sacrifices his offense and just shuts down the first line of the, of the oppo opposing team. That's what I see in him. So I hope he, you know, I hope he develops accordingly. I'm just so excited. Uh, what else we got in the mailbag, Laura? I was talking about Owen Beck and I lost my place in the mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Rory Cochran on Twitter, uh, on uh, YouTube. Hey guys, next question for the mailbag. I find it to be quite the coincidence that Edmondson and Suzuki are both quote unquote injured at the same time. Uh is it a method of tanking or a way for us to deploy more rookies into the lineup? I think it's a freak accident that, you know, just happens that the <laughs> captain and alternate captain ran into each other. It, it has given a huge chance for guys like Arbor Jacki, uh, Caden Gooley and William Trudeau to, you know, play more minutes in the preseason. 
my big fear with Joel Edmondson, who has not played a lot of hockey in the last year or so, is these are reps that he needs to. And it's not like, oh, he can go to the AHL, then we can call him up when he's ready unless they do a conditioning stint here. Is you want Edmondson to be ready because he's going to go right in. He's going to immediately play big minutes. Nick Suzuki will be fine. I know Nick Suzuki's gotten his reps and he didn't miss games last year. Edmondson I'm a little more worried about. I think it's just a real freak coincidence that it happened to be those two guys. But there's a reason why the Habs brought 74 people to training camp is they have an opportunity so now. See them all. <laughs> exactly. It's like, ah, well, we have 9,000 injuries. Might as well plug it in with John Parker Jones and this guy. So um, I think it's just a good way to kind of analyze everybody who's in their you know pool and inside their uh, sphere of influence there. And Owen Beck has been, you know, the beneficiary of that. And he's really seized that opportunity by the horn. So, again, uh, gratuitous, not even gratuitous. I think it's deserved. Deserved Owen Beck praise on his podcast. Uh, a question from David C. on uh, Twitter DM. Do you have any explanation to as to why Jakob Dobish wasn't at the training camp? I mean, I never saw him play, but on paper, he really performed well last season in the NCAA a 9-3-4 save percentage in 35 games is really an eye-opener. I really wished I could have seen him play. Really love the show. Uh, is this just the NCAA thing? Yes, it's because he's an NCAA prospect. The same reason why Lane Hudson and Sean Farrell and Jaden Strubel weren't there. Uh, they cannot go to training camp and play these games uh, because of NCAA rules. They would lose their eligibility, and that's... Uh, it's a scam that, is what it yeah. is. The and the reason they can't do it is because they don't pay their own way. The Habs pay for it. So they're not eligible for that because that could be payment, right? Yes. Uh, if, they, if they are able to play their own way, I believe they can attend the rookie camp that like the rookie showcases stuff. But it's very rare that they do that just because of, you know, you got to get to school. Some of them do summer classes and this and that. So um, it is legitimately just absolute garbage but um that's the ncaa for you so uh if you were the ncaa listening to this podcast hi um i've never said anything bad about you in my entire life and you can't prove otherwise don't listen to any of our other podcasts <laughs> where we mention a single ncaa prospect um a question from matthew m uh, via email I know it's preseason, but given the games last year and all of his preseason action, in my opinion, Barron is falling down the defensive depth chart. The decision-making and defensive awareness have left me with much more to be desired. Not saying I can see why the Avs gave him up, but where do you guys see him at this stage? I struggle to even find a comparable that gets me excited. The hardest part about Justin Barron is I will watch him make an incredibly smart play and skate well. And then I will, you know, watch him make an absolutely, you know, dumb pass to the thing there. And I think he, like a lot of these other players is just developing still. I think he's likely going to make the NHL roster just because they're real light on the right-hand side of things. Uh, but he's far from a lock at this point. And it wouldn't shock me if he spends time with a rocket this year. There's just some little things that he's got to iron out in his game. I think they will at some point. Uh, it's just right now, maybe he's not as polished as we originally thought, which is, you know, that's okay. It's not the end of the world if it's not. So um, I am hoping that he kind of gets it straightened out here before too long because i know habs fans are likely to panic if it doesn't you know turn out the way that they had hoped right away 
We've got three more questions and then we're going to turn it to Nemesis Corner. Uh, one question from Eric via email. Assuming other GMs wouldn't give up a first rounder for Jake Allen, is he more valuable as a stabilizing presence and leader for the next two, three years or as trade bait for a mid-round pick? I think he's valuable keeping him around. I I look at Caden Primo tonight and I go, okay, a rough outing. I still think he's going to be fine in the coming years, but at the same time, there's some work to be done there. And Jake Allen is a guy who is a calming presence right now until you're Frederick D. Show, until Caden Primo proved himself, until Jakob Dobish are ready. You kind of need that stabilizing presence. And Um, I think overall, it's not the end of the world. I'm, it'll be all right at the end of the day. Uh, first round pick in the near future, sure, but who knows? Uh, the hockey world changes so rapidly. Uh, question from Evan G. Here's a hot take um, slash leaf jab. The Leafs would have won two cups by now if Matthews were captain and just... John Tavares. I almost called him Justin Tavares. And John Tavares was never signed. Have fun. Thanks, uh, Evan. <laughs> we're not a we're not a Leafs podcast, and I don't I I don't think Tavares is the issue with that team. I think it's that Kyle Dubas was basically strong armed into giving Mitch Marner that much money. And they've been struggling to round out the rest of their, you know, lineup there. It, Matthews being, you know, the captain doesn't make a difference. If they don't have a second line center, what's it matter? You know, uh, Tavares there gives them to a very strong top six. It's just, they don't have the money to round that out. And if he's not there, who's their second line center, Alex Kerfoot, which maybe not. So um, <laughs> as far as hot takes, I mean, it might be a little spicy, but um it's I'm a not least jab, though, which I appreciate. Yes, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to go give them too much fodder ahead of this season, though. <laughs> um, KCD, uh, this asked, this was a question from last week. So, Casey, if you ask a question this week, it'll come up in in the next in the mailbag 2.0. Um, if the Canadians players were part of the Avengers, which Canadians players would play each superhero? So, who do we consider the Avengers? Is it everybody in Endgame? Or is no, it like that's, primary... that's too many people. We're going to do the people from the original movie. So it's Hawkeye, Black Widow, Thor, the Hulk, Iron Man, and Captain America. We need a Loki, though. Even though Loki's not technically an Avenger. Hmm. Who's it? Who's it? Corey Perry can be Loki at this point. <laughs> because he's devious and evil, but he means well sometimes. That's perfect. Um, uh, Arbor Jackeye can be the Hulk because he just likes to smash things. Um, Nick Suzuki. Large. Yes. Nick Suzuki is Captain America because, duh, he's the captain. He's not American, though. Nice try, Scott. Look, look, look. <laughs> Cole Caulfield is Hawkeye. He's the sniper. Like, that makes sense. Um, who's going to be Thor? Because we don't have Arturi Leckin in anymore. Josh Anderson. Yeah, that 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 does work. Then we just need an Iron Man. We need we need the uh, is supremely almost arrogant uh, kind of person, but also like the technological wizard. Um, I don't know. 
I, I don't have anyone for Iron Man, but I had something for everyone else. But um, I'm drawing the highest the bl- paid player on this team, Nick Suzuki. Yeah, Nick Suzuki is the highest paid player on this. Well, Carey Price is technically the highest paid player on this he team. He can be Carey, Iron Man. He's considering- handsome, charitable. He also has enough parts in his knee to have an Iron Man suit, I guess. So um, he's also the, the like the dad. Yes, there is that too. So uh, yeah, there you have the current Avenger. We're not doing Endgame because we do not have enough time to list all of them. <laughs> it's gonna be like yeah. Um, uh, all right, we have now. It's time for Nemesis Corner. All right, um, I have these in front of me. So it uh, from Will. Why did Laura no sell Scott's very good 67 joke last week? And what does it mean for the future of this podcast? Listen, we have great things in store for the future. Uh, we are BFFs. Um, and uh, I just missed the joke. And now I don't even remember what the conversation was. <laughs> uh, and to follow that up, if you could replace Thomas Jefferson's face on Mount Rushmore with any other U.S. president from history, who would be the funniest option? Yes, there is an obvious choice here. The reason that he said that, like, to me, it feels like he's leaning like Nixon. He wants us to say Nixon. You think that's it? I'm going to say William Henry Harrison because he was dead inside 30 days and did literally nothing for the United States. Um, I thought that was a bit <laughs> when I when I saw it on Parks and Rec. I thought it was something they made up. <laughs> and then I went and looked it up. No, yeah, he was dead inside 30 days because he didn't wear a coat at his inauguration. He's an idiot. So um, literally, I thought it was a joke, and then I was like, because I don't know, I don't know U.S. history. Uh, um, admittedly, William Henry Harrison, because he was only here for 30 days, but like someone who's like just completely forgettable, like Millard Fillmore, would also be very funny. Um, if you that really want, sounds like a made-up name, doesn't it? it? I mean, a lot of these. I know he's real. Like made-up names. Uh, <laughs> The one that everyone hated the most, and I want to say it was Herbert Hoover going on there would be the best because everyone in America hated Herbert Hoover. So um, I'm going to stick with William Henry Harrison. I'm sure Will will tell me that I'm incorrect anyways, but what are you going to do? I know he was looking for something, and I really thought it was something. When is he not looking for something in one of these, though? Like, we know (laughs) his game at this point. Um, That is going to wrap up this one. We do have so many other questions to get to. Uh, I will get to them next week when I have some time between games, since I will be solo hosting the show next week, but Laura is away. So if we did not get to your question in today's show, I am not ignoring it. It'll probably come out Monday or Tuesday, depending on how the games go this weekend and everything else. Um, remember tweet us at LO underscore Canadians or lockdown Canadians at gmail.com. Follow Laura at the active stick and follow myself at Scott Matla. We appreciate all of you and I will see you all next week.